We started this last week. If you weren't here last week, uh, good luck. No. Uh, so those of you who were here, we're going to try this, okay? So let's, let's start up at the top. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Okay, now we'll, we'll go back to the way it is in the Bible. It doesn't have the blanks in the Bible, which is a good thing, right? <laughs> so we're going to go over it a couple more times for those of you who weren't here, and just to help us remember this. Um, and just as we go through the book of Acts, there, there's a couple of sets of verses that I want us to memorize, and this is one of them. It starts in Acts 2.42. So let's say it again. Acts 2.42 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, <clears throat> to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I've got it memorized, but I can't read. So that's two different problems right there. All right, here we go again. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Again, couple more words out of there. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. One more time with almost everything out. <clears throat> Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now we're going we're gonna to add verse 43 on here, and I'm going to give you all of the words for verse 43. So let's read from the top, okay? Acts 2, 42, 43. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Are we ready to take a couple words out of this one? Yeah, yeah, here we go. Boom. Acts 2, 42 and 43. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Okay, here we go. I just had to check my notes to make sure it's wonders and then signs. It is wonders and then, then signs. So it's W first, then S. All right, here we go. One more time. This is one last time we're going to do it this morning. Acts 2, 42 and 43. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Nice job. So, um, yeah, taking, you know... Memorize this stuff at home. We're also going to do verse 44. So we're going to do Acts 42 through 44 um, as we're memorizing as we go through this. Uh, I'm pretty excited because 
Next week, uh, Chloe's going to work with all the little kids, and they're going to come up with a bunch of hand signs for Acts 2, 42 through 44. And then the following Sunday, they're going to come and teach it to us. So we'll have it memorized already, so all we have to do, we won't even have to look at the screen, because we can just follow along with the hand signs, all right? Today, as we start this journey, it's our second Sunday in this journey of Acts, uh, I want us to do something that we don't normally do on a Sunday morning, and that is I want us to stand together, and we're going to read Acts 1, 1 through 11 together. We'll put the words up on the screen, so stand up and join with me as we read. All right? In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his sufferings, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And he said this, and he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Thus ends the reading of the word. Let us be seated. Last week we began uh, this series, The Acts of the Spirit, and we talked about how proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and signs and wonders actually go hand in hand. It isn't all about signs and wonders. It's about proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, but signs and wonders can't open the door for people to be open to the good news of Jesus Christ. The other thing is that the message that Jesus tells us is the message that we are to bring is a message of repentance and forgiveness. Now, we oftentimes in the church today don't hear the message of repentance and forgiveness. But what you're going to hear from me as we go through this series is you're going to hear about repentance and forgiveness um, 
often. And you'll find out as we go, I'm not going to unfold everything right before you, but you will see why this is so important. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, from the passage we just read, this is what Luke, the author, says. He said, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. This is a cool thing, right? Jesus dies and he rises again. He doesn't just tool off to heaven and sit at the right hand of his father. He hangs around for 40 days and appears to the followers of Jesus, giving them proof, convincing them that he was alive. And he also spoke about what was important. And what was important? The kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 24, and if you remember, we talked about last week that Acts is written by Luke, and of course the Gospel of Luke is written by Luke, and so it's kind of volume 1 and volume 2. So in volume 1 in Luke, Luke describes what happened during this time, and I'm just going to cover one of the stories of this time in between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. So imagine you're one of the disciples, okay, you've just spent the last three years hanging out with Jesus. You're with him most of the time. You get to hear this amazing teaching. You get to see him do incredible signs and wonders. And what happens when you spend three years with somebody on a regular basis? What happens to that relationship? It it becomes tight, doesn't it? You, You become friends, close friends friends. There's an attachment that happens. So even aside from the expectation that the disciples had that Jesus was going to come as a Messiah and restore Israel to its glory days of King David, even aside from that getting that message wrong, there was a bond that was happened or had happened between Jesus and his followers. Now, this man who you've grown close to dies. And not just dies, but is crucified. It is, he is sentenced to death by the ruling authorities, and he's hung on a cross and he's crucified. How are you going to feel? What kind of emotions are you going to have? Don't you think you're going to be in a time of mourning? Don't, don't you think that maybe even, even if you thought Jesus was the Messiah who has come to restore Israel and now he's dead, aren't, aren't you going to like, wow, I just wasted three years of my life. I gave up everything. I mean, remember, that's what these followers of Jesus did, okay? They didn't just come to church for an hour each week and then go home. No, they, they, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. And then you hear, 
that a couple of the women have gone to the tomb because they're going to prepare the body of Jesus. And all of a sudden, they come running back. And these women, they're, they're, they're frantic. They're screaming. They're, they're like, everything is going haywire because they saw, they had a vision of angels. And these, this vision of angels, these angels told them that Jesus is alive. And there's no body in the tomb? Okay, now everything is all messed up. Now what do we do? Well, two of the followers of Jesus took a little hike to Emmaus. Now, it doesn't give us the name of these followers. It's, they probably wasn't any, uh, any of the original 11 um, it's probably two others that have followed along. Emmaus is, uh, the text tells us, is seven miles from Jerusalem, so it's about a two and a half hour walk. And, you know, a two and a half hour walk with, uh, you know, no cell phones, no radios, you know, no nothing to distract you. It's just you and nature and the person you're walking with. And so they're walking, and I imagine. They're talking about all that has gone on in the last two months. They're talking about the betrayal and maybe the trial. And you know how we talk about when a trial doesn't seem fair. Can you imagine their discussion about, man, that was so unfair how they handled it? And then if they were around when Jesus received his beating. Can you imagine talking about that? Your friend, your leader being beaten. The passage doesn't tell us why they go to Emmaus. It just says that these two men go to Emmaus. And as they're on this journey, all of a sudden this man comes up alongside them and begins walking with them. And we know from the text that it is Jesus, but they don't know. They were kept from recognizing Jesus. I mean, how unfair is that, right? You get a chance to walk with Jesus, and then, you know, Jesus just kind of blinds you so you can't see that it's really him. But they're, they're walking along, and the text tells us that the men are downcast, which we get. That makes sense. They're in a time of mourning, and uh, Jesus said, hey, what you talking about? And they're like... Have you not heard? I mean, are, have you been locked up somewhere? I mean, it's, it's the third day after Jesus' death. Haven't you heard about this Jesus from Nazareth? He, he was a prophet. He did all kinds of signs and wonders. And then the chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be crucified. Haven't you heard? I mean, where have you been? We were hoping that this man was the Messiah. We were hoping he was going to redeem Israel. And then these two guys, they tell Jesus, it says, and here's the crazy thing. Some of our women went to the tomb. They had a vision of angels. And they're telling us that Jesus is alive? And even some of our, of our men, they ran to the tomb afterwards, and yep, there's no body there. So we're trying to figure out, is it true? Is it not true? 
And then Jesus responds to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And so on this walk, now remember, they don't know it's Jesus. Jesus begins to tell the story. The story from Moses all the way through the prophets explaining everything. Here's what the prophets said. Here's the truth about this Jesus. They've, in the course of the discussion and this walk, they get to Emmaus. It's evening time. And so these two gentlemen invite Jesus over and to stay and to have a meal with them. And so they sit down at the table and Jesus, oh, Jesus, he is a funny one. <laughs> he takes the bread and he breaks it and he gives thanks. And just as he breaks it and he gives thanks, he removes the veil to their eyes so that they can see it is Jesus. And then he disappears. And of course, their response was, didn't our hearts burn within us when he was sharing? They, all of a sudden, they, they knew. It was Jesus. But again, I, I think I'd be a little frustrated too. Okay, why don't you let us know when we started this? I mean, how much, two and a half hours with you of me knowing, I could ask you all kinds of questions. But for some reason, Jesus didn't reveal it right away. And then after this, Luke describes in Luke chapter 24 that Jesus then appears to the eleven because these two leave Emmaus and they run back to Jerusalem because they have to tell everybody else, whoa, we, we saw Jesus. Jesus. We walked with him. And so the eleven are hanging out, and they're talking, and I imagine they're talking about what the women said, they're talking about what the, what the two that went to Emmaus said, and all of a sudden, Jesus appears. Just, boom, there he is. And they were afraid. They thought Jesus was a ghost, which I, I think we probably think the same thing, Right? person just appears well jesus comforts them tells them not to be frightened says here see here's my hands here's my feet touch them do you see the places and then he asks them for some food they gave him some fish and he reminds them about all that he told them before he reminds them about all that was said from the law of Moses all the way through the prophets. And Luke even adds here, and the Psalms, all that has been told beforehand about the Messiah and who he is. And that Jesus is the fulfillment. He is. And then Luke says this, and I'm going to put these words up on the screen, starting in Luke 24, verse 45. He says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So similar to the men going to Emmaus, all of a sudden, boom, they're beginning to understand. And 
He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. He's reminding them of the prophecy. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We read something similar to that in the first chapter of Acts 1, right? Very similar. It's like Luke ends volume 1 with, here, here do you see, here's these visitations of Jesus interacting with the followers of Jesus, and now beginning of Acts 1, he kind of says, okay, here it is again. I'm going to reword it a little differently this time, but here it is. And there's three important things for us today to gather from what Luke says here in chapter 24. The first important thing is this. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. He had to come and suffer and die, and he would rise again. It's important for us to know that. This is what our faith is founded on. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Jesus is the Messiah. The second important theme for us is that repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached. We have to remember that as we go about proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. That proclamation that Jesus is the Messiah needs to include a message of repentance and forgiveness from sins. The third theme is this. You will receive power from on high. The Father promised that you will receive the Holy Spirit. It is a promise. You will receive it. We will see these three themes carried out through the book of Acts. And I will keep reminding us and bringing these things up to us because for me, this is, this is what the church is about. The church is about proclaiming the good news. Jesus is the Messiah. The church is about proclaiming that if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you need to repent of your sins and know that you are being forgiven. Repentance is important. Remember, we, we have talked about the Torah or the law. The Torah, our English trans, translates it into the law. The Torah is less about rules that you follow. The Torah is more about a direction. It, it's about that's the way you go. That's, that's the Torah. Go, go that way. Sin, in the Hebrew, is you miss the mark. That's the direction you go. And I, when I sin, I begin to miss the mark. It may not seem like much early on, but the farther I go in the wrong direction, the farther I get away from the mark, from, from the Torah, from what, what God is giving us in a direction. Repentance is turning back. And you see, we, we forget that part of the message. We just try to get people to pray a prayer. 
if they pray a prayer, then whoo, we got them. We, they prayed a prayer. Yes, they need to pray a prayer. Yes. But they also need to repent. They need to say out loud, you know what, I missed the mark. Uh, God is telling me through his word that this is the direction I need to go. Right, knee, right now I'm here. But what we have to understand is repentance isn't a one-time thing. Repentance sometimes can be a daily thing. We need to have a lifestyle of repentance. It's every time the Holy Spirit brings up inside of me, oh, Brad, you're, you're a little off mark today. Or, Brad, you, you're not even close right now. Am I willing to set aside my pride? Am I willing to humble myself enough to say I'm missing the mark today? And today I I need to surrender. I, 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 need to, I need to give it all to Jesus. I, I just need to, I, I need to repent and get back on, get back on track. What a, what a, Father, forgive me. I, I'm missing the mark today, or I've missed the mark for the last week, or maybe I've been missing the mark for the last year. It doesn't matter, because if we confess our sin, if we confess our missing the mark, He is faithful and just to forgive us of missing the mark and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which is in in essence, get us pointed back in the right direction. Today, some of you are missing the mark. There, there's some of you in this room today where this, this message might be hitting you right between the eyes. That, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And the question then is, what are you going to do? Will you respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and Him going, yo, Brad, you're missing the mark in this area. And will you confess that to Him? When you ask for forgiveness, and then will you move forward in a new direction? Will you meditate on God's Word. Will you get into God's Word and learn what the direction is? Hmm. Why, why is this so important? And the reason why it is so important is that what Jesus said in Acts 1 8, 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If we are to do what God has called us to do, be his witnesses, if we are to make room for the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we can do that, then we need to repent of any areas of our life that we are off mark. And we need to be open to that on a day-by-day basis. My prayer for this series is this. That as we go through the book of Acts, that like the two men walking to Emmaus, like the eleven when Jesus came up and spoke to them, our eyes would be open and we would gain understanding by the Holy Spirit to what he has called us to do and how we receive the power and how we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the world around us. That's my prayer. I want all of us to grow in understanding. Because remember, when, when we talked about spiritual gifts way last fall, We are all ministers of the gospel. Each one of you is gifted and called to minister. Each one of you is called to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in your area. Our job as pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, etc. is to equip you to do what God has called you to do. So we're going to through the book of Acts because I want to equip you to do what God has called you to do. And that is proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to your family, to your friends, to your neighbor, to this community, and to recognize that you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. Let's pray. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and rising again and for showing us convincing proof that you are the Messiah. Thank you, Father, for giving us your Holy Spirit to empower us to do the work that you've called us to do. I pray, Father, as the church did in Acts 4, that you would give us boldness that we would speak with boldness. And then I pray, Father, that you would stretch forth your hand and that you you would heal and do signs and wonders. And I pray that you would give us the courage to repent. If there's any area in our life that we are missing the mark, Give us the courage to repent. In Jesus' name, amen.